0: Welcome to the Womb Wisdom Podcast. My name is Holly Lever, and I'm the owner and operator of Rosebud Wellness, where I practice women's holistic health utilizing acupuncture, Chinese herbalism, yoni steaming, and Arvigo abdominal massage. And I'm also a mother to a 14 month old daughter. This podcast will be part information on women's holistic health practices and part conversations with women who are mothers or hope to be mothers on their journey through menstruation, pregnancy, birth, postpartum, and motherhood. Please enjoy. Thank you so much for listening. Hello and welcome back. I am super excited for this episode today and this will be my first interview podcast and it's with a very good friend of mine, Megan Shaw. Megan and I met at a women's embodiment teacher training a couple of years ago in Topanga, which is just outside of LA where we were both living at the time. And now Megan comes to, is coming to the podcast from Oregon and I am now living in Connecticut. Um, so we're finally reconnecting, um, although we're on opposite coasts. Um and so Megan will be talking here about her experience of menstruation, her experience with being on and off birth control, her fertility journey and her journey through pregnancy so far. She is currently pregnant and due in September of 2021. So we'll be connecting on this episode and then we will reconnect with her after she has her little one. Um of course she's going to have some time for her fourth trimester and bonding with baby and reconnect with us whenever she feels ready. Um, But it will be really interesting to talk with her um, through pregnancy and then see what's up for her in the very, very early stages of new motherhood. So without further ado, please enjoy this episode with Megan. Okay, so welcome everybody. I'm here with Megan Shaw. And first, I just wanted to introduce Megan and her current offerings. Um, So right now, she hosts Blessing Ways, which are ceremonies that are initiations into motherhood for women that are first-time moms. I'm pretty sure it's only for first-time moms, but I'll give her an opportunity to talk about that a little bit later. And she actually led mine um, in December of 2019, uh, three months before I had my little one. Um, She also works with crystal grids, both in the home and also on the body uh, for certain things, which she'll talk about that a little bit more too. Um, And she also recently started working with fertility candles, which I don't even know what that is, but I'm very interested to hear more about that. Um, So first, we're just going to be kind of like having some Girl, talk about periods, pregnancy, fertility. Um, And like I mentioned in the intro, Megan is currently pregnant with her first child um, and she's due in September of 2021. So we won't be getting into the birth and postpartum and motherhood part yet, but we'll have another episode for that later. Um, so first, Megan, if you can just tell me, um, what was your first period? Like how old were you? Um, was there any sort of like any memories that stand out about that, how you felt about it? Um, and then if you can just go into the trajectory of how menstrual, how your menstrual cycles were in terms of like pain, symptoms, irregularities, specific times that there was any shifts in that for you.
1: So my first period was when I was in sixth grade and I was anxiously awaiting this period that everyone talked about um, because my sister and my cousin had gotten their period um, a few years before I did and they were both younger than me so I was a little bit jealous. So every day I was waiting and checking to see if anything was happening. And
0: the day that it arrived,
1: I was really excited. I, I went and told my mom and I was like, look, I finally happened. Um, so I feel like I had a little bit different period experience than others. Um, because I, I was really anticipating receiving mine. Um, and at the time it was, it was pretty light and going forward with periods after that, it started to become very heavy. So that was something that I wasn't initially expecting. um, Because I thought, you know, oh, you you get this period, and it's a fun thing. And that's all I really knew about periods at the time. So then, uh, probably midway through seventh grade, I was having these incredibly painful periods to where I was getting migraines. I would be sitting in class like sweating and shaking, um, like extremely nauseous, very crampy and having to be taken out of class. And I feel that my teachers and, um, you know, the nurses at the clinic were thinking that I was a little bit dramatic because I was a young girl saying, oh, I'm in so much pain. And, you know, I I didn't really know what to do about it. And all they can do at school is offer you a heating pad that you can sit there for, you know, 15 minutes to a half hour maybe, and then they have to send you back to class. So this was like an every month occurrence. And so my periods were very regular at the time. And then probably come like after I was 21, I was definitely in college. My periods started to become a little bit irregular, but not extremely irregular. I might miss a month or so and then have a couple of months of a period. Um, But yeah, then moving on into when I was living in California, I started having very irregular periods to where I would go a few months without having a period and I wasn't on any type of birth control so I wasn't sure why I wasn't having a period there was no reason for it to not be happening. And that, you know, that was something that was confusing to me because when I would have a period it would be extremely painful and it was still the same situation I would be at work. Um and literally have to leave work sometimes, because I would go and lock myself in the bathroom and not have anything to do. All I would be able to do was take some meds and hope that the cramps would go away, that my stomach would settle down, um, that you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't catch a migraine at work. And my managers did think I was a little bit ridiculous. They didn't really understand what I was going through, and that's not the typical experience that most women portray having a period, so I was looked at as like, oh, this girl is dramatic because she has a period, and she claims that she needs to go home from work, so it was a little bit different than what most people would go through,
0: I feel. Yeah, so in terms of Anything that specifically shifted in moving to California? You mentioned that like you don't really attribute it to anything in particular, but do you feel like you were more stressed or any other, like your exercise or diet changed at all at that time? I definitely feel that
1: I was under um, under some type of stress. I wouldn't consider it like extreme amounts of stress because... I was still going about my everyday life and I didn't feel like super under pressure, but I, I was working three jobs and, you know, trying to pay for an apartment and doing extracurricular activities, like being in yoga, doing a teacher training, like having uh, women's embodiment circles and all of those costs with your regular living costs add up super quickly in California's a very expensive place to live. So I was definitely feeling the stress of financial stability. And I feel like that definitely attributed to why my body was doing these things. Um, Also, I was, you know, very active. So I feel like that could also play a role in what was happening, stress and being overly active. you know, can make you have lighter periods, shorter periods. So, but I wasn't getting the lighter or the shorter. (laughs) I was just either having none or like heavy bleeding and all of the side effects that everyone really wants to have when going through their cycle.
0: Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, so can you talk a little bit about like some of the things that you found because you don't have a regular or very painful, well, obviously you're pregnant now, but prior to getting pregnant, your cycles started to become more regular and less painful, or was it kind of like they were regular and really painful and then you got pregnant?
1: So probably two years before I got pregnant. Um, that's actually when I met you and I, you told me that you did acupuncture and you worked with women. Um, and so I was super interested in seeing what acupuncture could do for me. Um, and I feel that having done acupuncture and starting, uh, Yoni scheming along with my, like, my movement modalities that I was doing, I felt like that really helped bring like more energy and life force back into my body and, you know, have the cycles be regular also with the focus more on like self-care, not just like doing a workout to work out and lose weight. It was more about what I was doing to feel good. It was a mental shift that was happening in myself. So I feel like that really helped. And I did start to have regular periods um, with the steaming and acupuncture combined. Like I feel that I wasn't having as painful of periods. I think we, we actually did like a little regimen at one point too where I was taking some different uh, supp- supplements to help you know um i think it was to rid the heat from my body
0: so we did a i couple think you, different- i think you maybe were taking a chinese herbal formula right yeah i mm-hmm. think it was <laughs> jia wei xiao yao san which is <laughs> so- it does have like a couple of heat clearing um herbs yeah
1: yeah so once we started doing these things um I feel like it really helped open my body up more to let it do what it wanted to do. And that was also just more relaxing for me to have these like moments in time where I was just taking space for myself, which was probably relieving some of that stress and tension that I was like hoarding inside. So I did start getting regular periods and I can't say that they weren't like, painful because sometimes I would have an okay one and then other times it would come out of nowhere and I was still having the the best period symptoms, which was also surprising because that's when I moved in with my boyfriend and he was kind of in shock that this is how my periods went because he has, you know, a mother and two sisters and that was not the experience that he was ever portrayed because they just had, had what I would call like a regular period cycle. So he was always like, are you okay? What's going on? Like, do you need, do you need to go to the hospital? And I was like, no, this is just what I'm going through. (laughs) Like something that happens.
0: So. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm really wanting to say, okay, so uh, postpartum steaming is something that I will eventually talk about more specifically on the podcast, but it will be hugely useful to you. And I know we've talked about it and I'm going to send you some herbs. And um, because the postpartum time is the is a time when you can really reset your system. And so a lot of women will have one experience or the other where after they went through pregnancy and birth, their periods can potentially be a lot more painful than they were previously if everything isn't fully cleared out before at at the end. But Mm -hmm. you can also enjoy much less painful periods, even if that's something that you've always struggled with because during postpartum your cervix is still open. If you do it like kind of right within that first month or so after you give birth, we'll talk more specifically about exactly how to do it. Um, and I'll, I'll do a podcast on it too, but I just wanted to mention that here as like, I, I want you to know that there, um, there's hope and also acupuncture, the way that obviously we've been living on different coasts for I don't know how long you've been in Oregon. I think it was around the same time or when COVID kind of hit in March and I came here in December of 2019 and you came, went there in March of 2020 or April. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And so obviously I have not been giving you acupuncture um, and but I think that maybe you got some acupuncture. Is, have you?
1: I did do um, like one session out here but it was, you know, with COVID and I moved from California back to Ohio, then out here. So it was kind of hard to have everything aligned in the way that I needed it to, um, especially with all the restrictions that were
0: going on. <laughs> yeah, me. totally. Um, and this is mostly just for like listener information, but also for you too, that, that acupuncture is most effective if it's done like consistently for a while and for women's health related things we suggest to at least give it like three months of weekly treatments if you can mm-hmm. um, and then steaming too is something that you can do on your own um, obviously it's contraindicated or maybe this isn't obvious but it's contraindicated during pregnancy until the very end of pregnancy if you're doing it for labor preparation um, But yeah, so there's there's hope for you. So the next thing I wanted to get into is um, your experience of conceiving, whether that was something that you had any challenges with, or if it was something that like kind of happened organically, um, or anything that you wanted to talk about around fertility and and conception.
1: So, As I said before, I wasn't on any type of birth control. And so that was something that I was definitely aware of as was my partner that there was always an option of becoming pregnant because there was nothing really in place to prevent that. Um, And so I don't, we weren't specifically trying to get pregnant but we, you know, couples talk about things and we did talk about what if we did get pregnant and what would that look like? When would that happen? Um, you know, the universe does wild things. We went to Shasta for the conjunction and I, it was something that we talked about right before that. And so I feel like, it obviously was the right timing. We didn't really think that that was going to be the time that it happened, but it did. Um, (laughs) And I can't say that I'm mad about it because now (laughs) I have this like little baby on the way about to be here. Um, So I don't really think that I had any issues conceiving. It just, you know, you, if you don't want to be pregnant, then you have to be more cautious on what you're doing and how you're going about it and what, you know, methods you want to use to possibly prevent pregnancy or, or not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I, I talk about Lisa Henderson Jack who has the podcast fertility Friday, like all the time. I'm, she's awesome, but she talks about the scale um that couples will have of like we're like really there's no way that we want to have a baby and then a lot of people kind of fall in this gray area of like nah, it wouldn't be the worst thing but we're not really like actively trying and then there's other people that are of course like really actively trying and that's what they're really going for so yeah it sounds like you were kind of in the the middle zone there we were
1: yeah we were definitely in that gray area of
0: <laughs> yeah it happens, it happens, but <laughs> maybe not this month. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, and so if you could talk about pregnancy, we haven't talked really, I mean, we've just kind of text, texted periodically throughout your pregnancy. Um, but if you can talk about any symptoms and you can, how many weeks are you now? I'm currently 27 weeks. 27, okay. So almost in the third trimester. I think right. it starts at 28. Um, yeah so um you know first trimester second trimester like how kind of how the trajectory of the pregnancy has gone um yeah in terms of symptoms and and you can go like whatever direction you want to go in whatever feels like most important for you to share um you know symptoms and like anything that you found helpful in alleviating those symptoms anything that you're doing to prepare for the birth, like in, ter- like physically, mentally, I know that you're planning a home birth. So if you want to talk about like the some of the preparation that's gone into that, um, and then if there's anything that that I feel like when you're pregnant, people just feel like they can say anything <laughs> that they want to you. Um, unfortunately and that your body's on display for anybody to comment on however they please. So if you want to say anything that um, people have said to you that you found really annoying or not useful. um, And I, I think mostly why I want to bring this up is because sometimes like everybody has different sensitivities to how things affect them. And I just sort of want to raise awareness around like how to speak to somebody when they're, When they're pregnant. I know a lot of people um well-intentioned would say things to me like oh get ready for like how horrible birth is gonna be or like like kiss your life goodbye and things like this and and I just I don't I don't really know what the intention was but I I guess I just am I'm more conscious of it now personally as a mother that I I would never say things like that to a pregnant woman. And, and I just, it's a very vulnerable time. So if there's anything that you have, that people have said to you or anything like that, that you, that stood out as either. And it also could be things that are really useful. Like somebody saying something that made you feel better about something that you were kind of feeling negatively about um, too, yeah. Okay so um, sorry that's a lot of stuff if you need me to like re- yeah <laughs> so go, just go for it
1: so I was supposed to get my period on Christmas and I didn't and I thought that it was because again I was under stress um because this was the first Christmas that I never like I didn't go back and spend with my family um so I was particularly upset about that it felt different. Um, and it was something that I didn't really want to be doing. So a few days went by and I still didn't have a period. And then we ended up going to Portland for like a little new year's trip. And I was still anxiously awaiting this period. Where, where was it? I was thinking maybe I was just going to skip it, but that, it was seeming a little bit odd to me because I was having regular periods um, for the all of the months before this. So I started to get a little bit nervous. And while we were in Portland, um, we were walking around and I just remember I was very sweaty. Like it was abnormal for me to be sweating the way that I was sweating and my anxiety was high. Um, you know, it was around new year. So like, I also was drinking a little bit and I was thinking like, Oh, is this just like a hangover? What's going on? But my mind was saying, no, this isn't a hangover. Body was like, something is going on. And um, I also was already in this weird, like sleep pattern where I wasn't sleeping through the night and I was waking up like, at any little noise. And that was very abnormal for me because I'm normally like a heavy sleeper. So by the time we came back from Portland, that's when we decided that I should get a pregnancy test. And we took the test, said positive, took a second test that said positive. Reality was sinking in that it was looking like I was definitely pregnant. And then that's when like mind and body together were like, oh, you're pregnant. Like that's why this is happening. So I was getting nervous um because it was one of those things where I was thinking like every month, like, oh, wait, it could happen, but it didn't happen. So okay. And now it was the evidence was right in front of my face that now you're going down this path. So my mind started spiraling and I was like, Oh, I'm going to be a mom. My life is over. I'm never going to be able to do anything again. And these were like my first initial thoughts. Um, I also feel that my boyfriend was very in awe that it was something that he wasn't definitely wasn't expecting to happen at the time. So we were both trying to like process this and be there for each other. So before I even was able to get in, to be seen by a doctor to confirm this pregnancy, um, I started having really bad morning sickness. And I was always under the assumption that morning sickness was that you were throwing up in the morning. Um, And that's what morning sickness was. I didn't realize that there were all different types of morning sickness. And that's also because everyone's body does things differently and processes differently. So I was sleeping horribly, not getting any sleep. Um, And I would basically wake up early in the morning and I would feel extremely nauseous till about 4 p.m. every single day. Looking at food disgusted me. Um, I didn't even want to go grocery shopping with him. He would ask me what I would want for dinner or for lunch and food just utterly repulsed me. Like, there was nothing I could do about it. My I felt like my system just didn't want it, and I would try to eat food, and it didn't. It wasn't like tasting good. It wasn't feeling good. It didn't feel nourishing at the time, um, and that was upsetting for me because I also love food. So I was like, "What's happening to my body? Like now I'm not functioning properly." Um, and then, you know, after four o'clock would come around. I would get this like wave of hunger, which went into me being like hangry. (laughs) And that was all of the hormones happening so fast. So it was definitely a major change from how I previously went about my everyday life. Um, Things that I normally loved to eat too when I was actually hungry, I didn't wanna eat at all. Like they just really grossed me out garlic is one of my all-time favorite things like onion and garlic I basically add into everything that I cook and my boyfriend was putting lots of onion and garlic in everything and I was like I cannot eat this I will not eat dinner I don't want to smell it um smell was also super intense I was wildly surprised at (laughs) my sense of smell I could smell everything um So after my first trimester was over, everything seemed to get better. It was like, I went to sleep one night, woke up and I was hungry. I had energy. I, oh, and that was other thing during my first trimester. All I wanted to do was sleep. If I didn't take a nap, I could be sitting in the car and I would, my eyes would just close. Like I could not stay awake. Um, it was like, my body was literally depleted. It was working so hard to do its job and like not being hungry and not probably not like being as nourished as I should be like, or should have been. Um, it was like taking a toll on me. I was also vegetarian and right at the end of my first trimester is when I started eating meat again. And that was, a whole mental process for me to get on board to do that. Um, But so I started eating meat. My second trimester rolled around and I had all this energy. I was starting to sleep better. I was eating better. um, And I was doing the things that I was doing before I was pregnant, like going on hikes, going on walks with the dogs, like doing yoga. um, And I started feeling really good. It was surprising because it was just, complete opposite of what was going on um and not only did like all my regular food cravings come back but things that I would have never dreamt about eating I had cravings for and or things that I normally just wouldn't eat because I know like it didn't necessarily make me feel the best like ice cream or milkshakes like I was like oh this is fair game, like baby wants a milkshake. Um, (laughs) So yeah, it was a lot better. Um, Now I'm at the end of my second trimester and I can tell I'm starting to feel a little bit more tired. I've started taking some naps again. um, I feel like my body is a lot heavier now because I'm so much farther along in pregnancy that doing things is definitely becoming a little bit more challenging. Um, Like even taking dogs on a walk that I go on every day is just becoming like a strenuous activity, which is, it's different because I went from being a super active person and doing like multiple yoga classes a day or Even if I wasn't going to multiple classes, I was going on a hike and still taking my dog on a walk, um, you know, or doing all of the things, working my three jobs, which was exhausting. So my body is like, this is time for rest. Uh, Yeah. And so I'm hoping that going into my third trimester, I can stay pretty balanced and that I don't completely revert to first trimester symptoms, because that would just be a bummer. <laughs> but body's going to do what body wants to do. Um, some of the things that were have been challenging for me has definitely been comments made by other people. I I made the decision for myself to get a gym membership in the city that I live in because I thought, while with COVID still going on and like restrictions being still in place, it'd be nice to have something to do that's not outside where I could go take a swim class or I could just go walk on a treadmill or ride a bike for an hour and get, you know, the blood moving and energy flowing. So, That was all great until I realized that going to the gym, people watch you and they look at you and going into a swim class, wearing a bathing suit. Um, I thought that it would be extremely evident that I was most definitely pregnant. And, um, there were multiple different people who said, are you pregnant? Are you really pregnant? Um, what was that? There's something else that someone said, but it was along those lines. And in my head, I was utterly confused. I was like, how do you not think that I'm pregnant? And if I wasn't pregnant, and I like that would be very offensive and rude for you to ask me that. So it was upsetting and They were also elderly. So, you know, I was kind of being very gracious with my answer. I was like, yes, I I am pregnant. Um, But it didn't make me feel good because it was basically either you're pregnant or you're fat. And I wanted to look like a cute pregnant lady, not, you know, someone body shaming me, telling me that I looked overweight. Um, So it just didn't really feel good to hear those things, especially when the goal of going to the gym was to make myself feel better, to be more active during the pregnancy. So it was kind of like a mind trip. Um, Also, people have asked me, are you having twins? And I was like, Um no, I'm not having twins. I'm I'm having one baby. Are you sure? I'm 100 percent positive. I don't think that an ultrasound can hide a whole nother baby, especially a 20-week ultrasound. (laughs) Like there's just not hiding another baby. Um it which again was insinuating that I was heavier in my pregnancy, which I understand that you know everybody's body is different some people can be pretty much the same throughout pregnancy they only gain a little bit of weight and they have this cute little bit be- like cute little belly and then other people do you know get get the extra hips and thighs and you know their bodies growing in different ways and it's just not something that anybody can prevent it's not an option your body is prepping you for your labor. And so it was, that's been like a struggle for me because I worked so hard prior to pregnancy to be in shape and have the body that I desired and looking in the mirror every day, even though I know that I am pregnant and I'm carrying this baby and that it's like such a wonderful gift. And there's people who would, literally die to be in my situation to be pregnant and have their own baby um it is hard because again it's completely out of my control what my body's doing could I yeah could I not drink a milkshake yeah of course but it's like you know sometimes you want to enjoy other things in life and I don't feel by any means that I've gone above and beyond and eating anything um i feel like i've taken really good care of my body during this time too so also looking at uh pregnancy apps they say oh most women only gain um 15 to 30 pounds during pregnancy and i'm currently a little over 40 pounds into my pregnancy so that made me think too like am I doing something wrong? Why did it, why am I gaining 40 pounds? And, you know, I'm only 26 weeks pregnant. How could that be? Like, how do some women gain 15 pounds? Like what, what is that? But when you do the math on what your body's actually doing, how much blood is flowing through you, what that weighs, like the water weight, um, how much your baby actually weighs every week, it's all adding up very quickly and it starts to make much more sense. Um, But yeah, weight for me has definitely been hard. Uh, I've been doing fruit and vegetable pictures every week, which if you follow any of like the pregnancy apps, um, you know, it says like, oh, this week your baby is the size of a squash or, the size of a cantaloupe. So I've been doing these pictures and at the beginning they were super fun because my body was still the same. And I was like, oh, I have an orange inside of me and I look the same, like I don't even look pregnant. And then all of a sudden it was like, whoom, belly out there. And now that I'm further along, sometimes I do get upset when I look at these pictures, because I just, I don't know, it's something, there's lots of hormones going on, Um, I think about the comments that I've had people say to me, and I have to constantly remind myself, like, you're doing your job, your body's doing its job, like, you're so beautiful, you're so lucky that you get to have this experience, like, Forget about society and these like weird norms that like are put out into our world. Like before hundreds of years ago, like women weren't concerned with if they were gaining weight or if it was 15 pounds or 40 pounds. They were just like, well, I'm pregnant. And my mom tells me all the time, she's like, I gained 70 pounds with you. She was super, super petite, and she just like blew up during her pregnancy. And she was beautiful then beautiful now and and she had me and i'm beautiful and now i'm having a baby so it's all just part of this
0: process um that's so awesome thank you for sharing that yeah <laughs> um yeah i can just so relate on people um just making all sorts of comments and i actually had the opposite issue um And I think, I mean, I've, I talked about this in my previous podcast episode, but I've struggled with eating enough throughout most of my life and throughout my whole pregnancy, it was extremely stressful for me, for my now husband and my midwives that there was just so much conversation about like, Oh, the baby's on the smaller side and hope she's okay. And, you know, all of this stuff. And outwardly, I was getting so many compliments about how tiny I was and how, oh, you don't even look like you're pregnant or you just have this tiny little belly. And inside I'm like, oh my God, is my baby gonna be able to like make it through labor? So I just wanted to offer the opposite side of that too, that like pretty much most comments, unless you're like really tight with the person, and they can really share the full experience are mostly inappropriate. <laughs> um, right. Yeah. Um,
1: I feel that on, on like a more positive note, the feedback that I have received from the women in my family, um, like my close friends that have already gone through having their own pregnancy experience, um, my midwife, my doula, they have all told me that like, I look great, that my body looks fantastic. And that I was in such great shape before that I have put on the proper amount of weight that, um, you know, that my my midwife told me, she was like, Oh, your abs are great. You're going to do great during this pregnancy. So, um, it's nice to hear other people say positive things that make you feel good and like reassure you that no matter what's happening, like your, that your body's
0: doing its job. Yeah. And I think especially people that have been through it and people that work with pregnant women, they're, um, opinion is a lot more valid than like some random person at the gym or wherever (laughs) yeah um so last question um if you can talk about anything that you're doing to prepare either for the birth or for motherhood or anything that you want to share about
1: So. But I feel like the one thing that I have really enjoyed throughout this pregnancy experience is I found, um, I've always been into Kundalini yoga and I went to like a local crystal bookstore. Um, and I asked if they had any books on pregnancy, anything that could relate or that I would feel drawn to. And they gave me this book. Um, I always mess up the order, but it's like, bountiful beautiful blissful and it is a book um which is this woman's experience of her prior to finding like any spiritual path and how basically her pregnancy experience was kind of scary for her because she wasn't properly informed and this was so many years ago that um She just didn't know that she had the options. And that is what led her to come up with this program, uh, Calsaway. And so I've been doing the Calsaway program alongside reading this book. And it's just like a lot of basic Kundalini practices, but um, it is to get your mind right, to like recenter your focus on what's actually happening and more about the mind body connection with yourself and baby, um, opposed to what I would say like traditional yoga, where you're just kind of going through the movements. Um, That has helped me a lot. It sparks like a lot of joy for me, but it also is kind of emotional sometimes because in every uh, class of Kulsaway, they do like a little challenging moment, which, In Kundalini, um, if you don't know anything about it, there's a lot of arm movements where you'll have your arms either out by your side, above your head, and you do that movement for three to seven minutes um, usually. And so you're thinking like, oh, three minutes isn't that long, but it is a long period of time. And it's just going to show you that like the movement that you're doing Um, your mind has to be more powerful than your body. And that is what is going to help you get through labor. Because if you go into labor, and, you know, you're like, stressed out and freaking out, you're, you're not going to let your body like properly move and do what it has to do, it has to be able to flow. And you have to kind of control your mind to be like, I'm strong enough, I got this, like, we're going to do this like baby's coming out. And so it's definitely helped recenter a lot of things going on because like I said there's lots of hormones and I feel like it's very easy to you know get lost in the the right here and the right now and oh I'm upset about this. Um so I would say that's probably like the number one thing that I've done. I also like dancing. I like listening to music. Um, I feel like my baby (laughs) particularly like really likes listening to music when I'm jamming. He starts jamming, he'll kick me and nudge me. Um, And I feel like it's either because he likes the song or or he's just like, you're a horrible singer, but I love you. Um, and yeah, and definitely the swim classes too. I've been doing aqua yoga, um, and being able to be in water and not feeling as heavy, being like a little bit more buoyant, um, taking that weight off and like also participating in that yoga aspect of like coming back to self is a different experience I've never done like water yoga before. So to be able to do that, and have other people around have that connection. um, It just feels really good. I had some dreams about swimming, and I thought it was a really good idea. I was anticipating going and swimming laps. And then I came across that. And I was like, this is so much better (laughs) than swimming laps. So yeah, I definitely feel like those things mainly have helped me um and in preparation for my water birth um i'm going to be doing like a baby boot camp class which is just basically like a regular class that is educational on you know the process and what's happening i'm going to be doing that with my partner and then we're also doing a hypnobirthing class so that's going to be pretty cool. Um, that's kind of, for me, that's like right up my alley. And I feel like breathwork is going to play a huge role in, you know, my labor and delivery, um, which also is part of pulse away, you know, teaching you different techniques to just calm your body down. So for me, I guess it's been more about like, coming back to self, settling down, being just here right now with the baby and like letting things happen the way that they're supposed to happen. Everything else is gonna be the way it wants
0: to be. That's awesome. So um, to sort of wrap up our time together today, um, if you want to talk more specifically about any of the offerings, I mean I presume that probably you'll be you'll be working with these things more um, like maybe not right now during your pregnancy and early postpartum but just in the future um, sort of more about like what a blessing way is and how how it works and then the same thing with the crystal grids and the fertility candles and then um, you can also, sort of tell the listeners where they can find you on your website and um on instagram or any other social media platforms where you're most active
1: so basically uh what let i wanted to host blessing ways i wasn't sure if it was ever going to actually be something that i was going to offer for other people um, more so, just like if I knew someone that was pregnant, then I would just, you know, have that knowledge and be able to do that for them. Uh, your your blessing way was actually the first blessing way that I ever hosted, and it led it made me feel really special, and I was surprised at the connection um, that was, you know, brought by the blessing way and everything that it entails. And then right after we hosted yours, I hosted one for my sister, um, like probably like a week and a half later. And it was it was pure magic. I was like, wow, this is so much better than a baby shower because baby showers I feel like are purely focused on gifts. Everyone's excited to see, you know, the mom to be, but it's all about like, well, I got you this gift. And I feel like it's also semi-stressful because You know, somebody's like planning food, decorating, doing all of these things that at the end of the day I feel don't really matter. It's just like, oh, okay, we had some balloons there. Like I put it on a show and I like opened up presents in front of everybody. It's great and all because you get to see everybody, and that is a different sense of connection, but sitting in a blessing way, being in circle with other women and going through like the process of ceremony and actually like going through different levels of connection and like getting deeper and deeper is so much more of like a bonding experience than a gift could ever be um because time is something that you can never get back it's just you know it's so time is so valuable so to gift someone your time to sit with them and be present with them in that moment um, to me is truly special, and then my sister hosted a blessing way for me just a couple weeks ago because that was going to be the last time that I was in Ohio before coming back here, and I'm about to be cut off for travel in like two weeks, so we did mine a little bit early. but being able to sit with like all my friends and family and share that love and like Feel the support from them, and hear the things that they had to share. Why they were excited, why they were nervous. Like going through a fear-releasing ceremony, creating the web of life um, with the the yarn bracelets. Um, it's just something that you don't normally get to be a part of, and it's something that people are still talking about. Like I'm still getting messages from my friends and family that was such a wild experience. I'm so glad we did that. Like it was so special. Um, you should, you should host those. And it really made me feel that that needed to be like a specific offering that I could hold space for others and give them that experience because everybody deserves to feel loved and cared about. And, you know, have the people that they want around them circling them being like you're gonna do this you're gonna have a great birth experience like we support you we love you like you're strong you're healthy so that's what really led me to want to make that an official offering um I also can you know offer women's embodiment sessions uh one of my favorite things that I like which is the crystal grids. um, I personally do them in my home. I change them out very regularly. They're in all different rooms. We have them outside of our house as well. Um, I like doing them in nature. It's just something that energetically aligns with me and offering crystal grids on the body um, is very special. I, you know, specifically seek out crystals that have meanings for different properties and what they can do to help you with Um, something as simple as relieving a migraine or needing to feel more self-love needing to feel more grounded Um, the loss of a loved one there's so many different types of grids and uses for them that the options are pretty much endless so I like being able to share that information with others and create little grids that are custom for them because it's so much more special putting that energy into it. Um, And then the fertility candles is a newer offering, but during my pregnancy, I realized um, just how special pregnancy can be and like, what a blessing it is to be able to go through this experience and that not everybody has it as easy as, oh, I'm, I'm pregnant. Um, some people really have to work hard to get to that step in their life um, with their partner or even you know having to do other things to bring their bodies to that point. Um, so the purpose of the fertility candle is I really am into candle magic. I like blessing candles and I feel like manifestation is a huge thing that people are into right now. So blessing the candles, there's a crystal inside of them and it's intentionally supposed to be burned next to your like bedside table to help put that energy into the air and out in the universe and get you to where you wanna be. Um, The other thing with the candles is I'm trying to do some gender reveal candles. That's how I did my gender reveal. Um, I just did like, I'm having a boy. So I used um, aqua aura, blue aqua aura crystals. And I put a little sticker on the front It had a little funny saying like, like, can't remember exactly what it said right now. But at the end, it was like, Like, will it be a P or a V? (laughs) And so it was like, you know, lighthearted. um, But everyone in my family and my friends, they went wild for it. They were burning the candles and they like could not wait for this crystal to appear. And just seeing like the little points of the crystal start to come through and seeing that it was blue. They were like, is it really blue? I'm like, well, I don't think it's pink, but, (laughs) you know, so... That's just basically what I have going on right now. Um, and my website is uh, www.numabloom.com. And my Instagram is also at Numabloom. Um, you can find my offerings there. And hopefully, in the next few weeks, I will have it updated to have my own blessing my pictures up on the website. So you can also see my personal experience going through the blessing way ceremony. Um, yeah, if you are interested in hearing more about it or learning more about crystals or anything in general, I love sharing information. So I'm here to chat.
0: Awesome. That I'm really excited. Maybe you can let me know when that's up so I can, um, check it out myself and then also share with the listeners when it's it's available um i'm really excited about both about the fertility candle and the gender reveal candle so let me know when you have that going because i have some people that maybe would be interested okay (laughs) Um, so thank you so much for joining us today it's been such a treat reconnecting and you know learning about what you've been up to Uh, Yeah. So, yeah. So, and thank you everybody for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this interview. So till next time, have a lovely day. Thanks so much for listening. If you like when you're here, please subscribe to the podcast so that you'll be notified of future episodes as they're published. And also, if you can give us a rating and a review, this will help other people to find the podcast. Thanks again. Till next time.